Okay, I'm just going to start praying today. So, yeah, pray with me, guys. Uh, God, thanks for the day. Um, yeah, like, like Adam prayed before the service. We woke up today. And, gosh, not, that doesn't happen to everybody. Um, so, thank you. Um, I thank you for my friends here. I thank you that I get to do this. This is crazy. Um, I don't know. If I were you, I wouldn't let me do this. Um, but thank you. Thank you that I get to. Uh, I pray that that I'm following you into this and not leading you. Um, yeah. If I say anything stupid, just black that out. And uh, if I say anything smart, uh, yeah, tape that to the inside of our skulls. Um, and yeah, if after that, um, yeah, let us have a good time too. If it's no big, no big trouble, but we love you a lot. Um, amen. Okay. We are talking about Samuel. We've been in the, the life of Samuel, the dude, the guy, Samuel. Uh, there's a book called Samuel, which he's in. Uh, there's actually two, uh, but he's not in the second one, which is weird. But uh, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to intro with uh, introduce this sermon with uh, my story, some of my story, and I'm going to do the whole thing. Um, you've had snippets before, but I, I became a Christian in college, and I became a Christian because I liked the Jesus thing. It was just, as far as it was making the world better. Social justice was my motivation. It was like, this makes the world better, way better than anything else is doing. This is great. I'll do this. But then there's more to it than just social justice. <laughs> there's some uh, spirituality to things, and that's, that is a thing if you don't, didn't really know about it or think about it before. Spirituality, yeah. It's weird, and it's big. Um, yeah, that opened up, and my eyes got really wide. I was like, oh, this is much more than I thought it was, this Christian thing. Uh, but I got to say, I like it. I love it, actually. I love being around people. I love like doing things for people and seeing what God does in their lives. And it's just this transforming, transcendent process. And I loved it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, God kind of talked to me and he's... He's like, you should go try this. I was like, okay. And you should go talk to this person. I'm like, okay. And I did all this stuff, and like God was kind of leading me, and it was just kind of made things glow in my life. And I was like, oh, that's glowing. I'm going to go towards that. And it was sweet, and it was adventurous, and it was crazy. Like I said, I loved it. It was good. And then God stopped talking to me. I could tell you the day. Um, I could tell you the place. It was actually here in Denver. Um, it was in June 2003. God stopped talking. That wasn't as much fun. Like, what the, what, what the, what the what? I liked it better when you were talking. When it just shuts off like that, it was definitely like you don't know what you, what you got till it's gone. And I had experienced so much stuff with God that was so spiritual and crazy that I was like, oh, well, okay, I know you're there, but I don't hear you anymore. 
what is going on? It was interesting. He, he actually, I had these a couple pictures that really felt like they were from him. And they were of him being present. I knew he was there. And I could feel he was there. But in these, in these pictures that I got, he was like visually type-lipped. And I don't know if I was making the, the, this, this, this last detail. I might be making it up because I was a little bummed. But it looked like he was smirking. So I was like, oh, what, what, don't do that. What the crap? Say something. And he was just... Like, oh my gosh. And then I stopped. I was like, okay, if you're not going to tell me to do anything, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just stopping. I'm not doing anything. I'll stand right here. Stand off. <laughs> Who do you think won? Yes, I'm going to leave that as my intro. We are talking about God talking to people tonight. It's actually the, when God calls Samuel. Um, Samuel, as, as you know, he's, he's had kind of a cool start. His mom loved him. And really set him up well for his life. And, uh, and he's been hanging out in the temple. His, his mom gave him to God, basically. It's like his mom was barren and said, God, please give me a kid. Give me a kid. I'll give him back to you. And she did. She just took him to the, to the temple and said, here, have a kid. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we can use a kid. And yeah. He, there, it says a few times, there Samuel ministered to the Lord under Eli. And that's where we're, we're jumping in now. So yeah, uh, I'm going to read it. So everybody read with me. This is First Samuel, the, the book, and chapter 3. Um, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, like I said. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Remember that part. Uh, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not, gone, had not yet gone out, which is to say it was dark. It wasn't morning yet. Um, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli <laughs> and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls, because you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, 
Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Uh, that's kind of, that's an idiom. That's a kind of a, a phrase back then that meant judgment. <laughs> I'm going to tell you some judgment stuff. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Uh, Adam talked about that stuff last week. Um, For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. That means he backed up Samuel. Samuel would say something, and God would say, yeah, what he said. So that's a thing. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, which is to say the north to the south, and all Israel from the north to the south recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So there it is. God talking to Samuel. It's a pretty sweet story. I'm going to go through it. Ah, man, my chest is killing me. My ribs aren't glued together, and it's really bugging me tonight. Sorry. Anyways. Um, So, yeah. We'll just jump into the to the to the meat of it. God called Samuel. Doesn't say exactly what he said that that first time. Said he called Samuel. That's all. But Sam obviously confuses this voice with Eli's voice, right? He goes to tell Eli, "Hey, what what, what do you need?" And this tells us some stuff right away. God didn't use thunder or smoke machine or light effects or vocal effects with synthesizer or anything like that. He just used regular voice. Wasn't that flashy, which is interesting. God of the universe made everything. Big, really big, really strong, really smart. It was close enough to Eli's voice. I mean, it must have been similar. So, what I'm saying is one way of discerning God's, God's voice in our lives is, does it sound like an old guy with, with a Jewish accent? Ah, just kidding. He, he was speaking in Hebrew, so you don't have a Jewish accent when you're speaking in Hebrew. No, seriously. Um, anyways, uh, Sam goes to Eli and says, hey, what's up? You called me. And Eli says, no, I didn't. Go back to bed. The very same thing happens again. God calls Samuel's name. Sam goes to Eli. Eli goes back to bed. 
And then it happens again, except this time, Eli catches on. Now, if I had been Eli, I'd say, okay, Sammy, do we need to use the restraints? <laughs> I mean, like, in the middle of the night, I, I guess, I mean, I know some people, some old people have problems sleeping in the night. You know, like, they just don't sleep very well at night. And so maybe they, he was more awake than more people. But, man, I, I'm an idiot at night. There was this one time we had kids. We, we have, I, have, I still have kids. Um, but they, one of them was waking up crying and needed to be fed or something. And so I got up and was, like, making the bottle and, and then got the bottle ready and went, went to the kid. And, and Jesse was, my wife, was, was, was putting the, the kid back to sleep. Because she had already fed him. And I was like, wait, what? Was like, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm going to feed him. <laughs> she's like, that was like 20 minutes ago that he woke up. <laughs> yeah, I'm retarded at night. I just don't get it. I just like, just can't figure it out. So yeah, I would not have had Eli's wisdom. This is, I can't understate, oh, I can't overstate Eli's wisdom here. Third time, he's like, oh, wait a second. I bet God's talking to the kid. And this is interesting because God never actually directly talked, well, we don't know from Scripture, never actually directly talked to Eli. So Eli's not super well-versed, quote-unquote, about this. But Eli still figures it out. He's like, oh, now what's going on? Okay, Sam, go back to bed, lie down. If he calls again, say, hey, I'm here. I'm listening. Your servant is ready to listen to you. So Sam goes back to bed. Says he lays laid down. But I'll bet you anything that he is not sleeping. You remember that first verse? God didn't talk much back then. He didn't reveal himself that way very often. And historically... For this time period, when he did talk, it was judgment. It was gnarly. It was, you're an idiot. I am going to judge you, so you are less idiot-like. So yeah, poor Sam goes to sleep. He's like, oh my gosh, God thinks I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. God's going to tell. God's going to judge me and tell me I'm an idiot, and this is how you're less of an idiot. Poor kid. So, yeah. Poor Sammy is lying there. And then God comes and says, Samuel, Samuel. And what does Sam say? He says, ah! Oh my gosh, he's God. He's going to fry me. No, that's not what he says. That's what I would say. <laughs> he says what Eli told him to say. Speak, for your servant is listening. Pretty chill kid. Historians say he's about 12 years old. 12 years old when this happened. Pretty chill 12-year-old, huh? Uh, did you guys notice anything different about this fourth time? 
fourth time that God calls? Standing there. Totally. God stood by him this time. Why do you suppose God did that? Don't you think that would have prevented all this confusion that happened for the hours before? I mean, you know, being God. The whole disembodied voice thing wasn't so effective. Just revealing yourself would have brought clarity awful quick. Why'd God wait till the fourth try to do it this way? I mean, do you think God, like, smacked his forehead? No, oh, I forgot to reveal myself. No, he didn't do that. One thing that God does not say is dough. God doesn't say dough. God is perfectly purposeful. He does everything on purpose. Now, if you've been checked out so far, maybe you woke up when I yelled at you. But, yeah, stay with me here. I'm going to get a little little bit deep. Let me unpack that statement, uh, this statement. He does everything on purpose. God does everything. Everything God does. First part, he does everything. Psalm 103 says, God's sovereignty rules over all the universe. And in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, God works all things in all persons. He is sovereign over all and everything. And everything is under his control. Now, this concept is weird. It definitely, you know, bends your brain a little bit. I mean, he's like, I think I'm in control of me. I say, scratch my head, and I scratch my head, and I said, I did that. I was in control of that, right? It's weird. Yeah. You kind of chalk it up to our finiteness and his infiniteness. Um, now, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're an atheist, I mean, your line is, what a cop-out. And yes, I agree. I mean, it is awfully convenient for us. But at the same time, it is necessary. This is required for our faith, that God is in control of everything. And yes, it's also convenient that you can't disprove that, and, uh, but you also can't prove it. But it's reasonable. It is reasonable. It, but it might not be sensible. Sensible? Maybe not. I mean, but at the same time, I would argue that faith itself is not sensible. Reasonable? Yeah. I'll go with reasonable. Now, yes, like I said, I'm getting a little philosophical here, a little, little deep. Uh, let, me, let me back it off with a, with, a, with a quick story as far as being in control and being able to multitask and do stuff. My buddy Nick uh, in Montana, he's, uh, 
He's a Mac nerd. He loves Apple stuff. And this was a, this was several years ago. He came down from Montana, and some new iMac came out that had like four processors or something like that. It was like, oh my gosh, you could do everything at once. So great. And he's like, okay, let's go. Let's go to the Apple store. Let's go to Cherry Creek. And so we did. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And went back, and it was one of those. No, it wasn't. I think it was past the blob, the blob stage for them. I don't know. But yeah, so he. He, he opens it up, uh, the finder or whatever the heck, and he gets the list of applications, opens, opens the applications window, and there's, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of them. And he goes, select all, open. <laughs> Basically, he tried to run every single program that was on the computer at once. And he's like, oh, this is going to be sweet. It's going to happen. And, and you, sure enough, yeah, like 10 or 12 windows open up and start doing stuff. But then... Then it kind of got like a <laughs> sort of thing. That, you know that, that colorful pinwheel that it does when it's sick? <laughs> it did that. <laughs> and it stopped doing anything after that. And me and Nick were looking at it and we're like, um, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Nick was a little, little disappointed. But, yeah, yeah, that Mac couldn't handle that much. I mean, it could handle 10, 12. I mean, that's more programs than I can run at once. Um, but yeah, there's limitations. God can handle, God has way more processors. Um, now, now, now back to my, to my statement, God does everything on purpose. The second part, number two, on purpose. This is the best part. <laughs> I'm excited for you guys for this. I like doing it. I, this is my favorite stuff in the Bible. God does everything on purpose. It's not just like, I wonder what will happen if I do that. No, 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 no. He's like, I'm going to do this because it's, this is going to happen. It's going to be sweet. I mean, you can read Romans 8, and it just, I mean, it, God's purposefulness is very obvious there. When you know that God does everything on purpose, it brings God's personhood into view, which is crazy and so wonderful. I mean, sometimes. We can make God this robot that just does what is right all the time. Or an iMac with a zillion processors. Just a machine. No, 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 no. He is a person. Not a human. Well, but Jesus is human, and he's God, but that's another sermon. Um, When you think of God as a person, and when you think of God as being purposeful and take into account all the craziness in this world, all the beauty and the brilliance and the wonder and the gnarliness and the drama, that makes God a person and an interesting person. (laughs) An interesting, complicated, fascinating person. What is he doing? It's so fun to ask that question. What is God doing? 
I mean, our case in point, Samuel here, like this fourth, this fourth, this four times trying to do this. It seems like he's self-sabotaging himself. I mean, kind of shooting himself in the foot. These are the best parts in the Bible. Why is God doing this? you got a thirst for these. These are so sweet. Why did you do that, God? But anyways, I mean, why did he? I mean, if you just kind of look at it at first, you're like, well, it just kind of looks like he's screwing with Samuel. You know, the whole, like, tap your friend on the right shoulder while you're on the left? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, it kind of looks like that at first, but God... That's cooler than that. Um, <laughs> he's not that petty. Why else would he do this? What result does he get by doing it this way? Eli. Brings Eli into the picture. Involves the family. Gets more people involved. Eli is brought into this. And, and yes, there's some conveniences like Eli now knows that, oh, yeah, God's talking to this kid. I better be cool. <laughs> I better listen. But at the same time, like, imagine just Samuel doing this by himself. Whew, that would have been a little rough. In any case, Samuel is ready this fourth time. So God tells Sam some, uh, some things. Uh, and true to historical form, the things are judgment things. So they're heavy things. Whew, poor Sam. Can you, can you imagine Sam the next morning? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I've heard from God in crazy ways. And, and that, that were amazing and like, whoa, and you get all amped up and buzzy and you're wide-eyed. So Sam's doing his regular chores, you know. I mean, they, it says he opened the doors and he's probably, you know, sweeping up the place or, you know, whatever the 12-year-old kids did. Um, but you know he's stewing. I mean, it says he was afraid to talk to Eli. And we know why. It's like, yeah, not fun things to tell Eli. So, yeah, I mean, Sam's, like, amped up and freaked out. And, you know, if, like, Eli's office is on that side of the temple, <laughs> Sam's over there sweeping in the corner in the dark. Like, oh, gosh, please don't notice me today. <laughs> but he's keeping his head down, and, you know, Eli eventually finds him. says, Samuel, my son. And Samuel replies, ah! <laughs> Poor kid's going to have a coronary <laughs> before his bar mitzvah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Samuel replies again, appropriately enough. But still, still he's got to be nervous. Yeah. Hi, Eli. <laughs> Because, you know, Eli obviously knows something is up. I don't know if Eli slept the rest of the night. You're like, oh my gosh, God's talking to the kid. 
They're both waiting for it. Well, Sam's probably hoping the sun never comes up. Eli's can't wait. He's like, I got to hear what the, what God said to him. So Eli totally finds him. And then he kind of grills Sammy. Tell me everything, son, and I'll bet it's judgment. So if you leave anything out, I hope that judgment happens to you times two. And then Sam said, ah, no, just kidding. Uh, yeah, I got enough mileage out of that bit. Um, no, Sam, Sam coughed it all up. Sam, seriously, he told Eli everything. Didn't leave anything out. I, I, and I think it's because he was set up for success. I hope in these sermons that, that we don't set up Eli as, as a bad guy. Eli's really showing some wisdom here. He's made some grave, serious mistakes, yes. But I don't think he's stupid enough. I don't think he's so terrible that he'll make those grave, serious mistakes twice. He's let some grave, serious things slide by with his sons, and he's going to pay. And they're going to pay. He's not going to let it happen again. He knows that this is serious stuff that Sam heard. So he's like, okay, Sam, yeah, this is serious. You've got to tell me this. I got to do this uh, with, with, uh, with my third kid, Finn, a, a few months ago. Finn is four. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I did good. And the reason I did good is because I had a, more than zero seconds to think about it. So often you're trying to, your kid does something wrong and you're like, ah, and you just freak out on him. But this time I got a couple minutes, so I did something right. Yay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Finn, Finn's a funny kid. Um, he's, uh, he's just so freaking smart. It's kind of annoying. My wife, uh, Jesse, had picked up, picked up his pillow for whatever reason and found a good-sized pile of marbles. And... Um, you no know, big deal. Kids have marbles. But they were like, wait, I don't think our kids have marbles. And then after a minute, you're like, oh, actually, I think those, I recognize those. I think those are the, the marbles from the, the that Chinese checker thing in the game thing in the purple room here at Scum. I mean, and that's like, I mean, no big deal. I mean, there's a lot of Scum toys at my house, and there's a lot of my kids' toys somewhere in this building. <clears throat> but the thing is, Ben hit him. So he, was, he knew something wasn't cool about what he was doing. They're like, oh, man, this is a teachable moment. <laughs> but like I said, at least I got a couple minutes this time to do it right. <laughs> so Jess and I talked and say, okay, Sam, or not Sam, Ben. <laughs> Confusing illustration. and God. Um, All right, Finny, how's it going, buddy? It's like, good. good. Has this really deep voice? That's kind of funny. <clears throat> um, he, he his his voice is also awesome. Like he, some he used to say "yay" all the time. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, Finny, we're gonna let's go, let's go get some ice cream. And he goes, "Yay." <laughs> well, all right, okay, right on. <laughs> I think you're happy. <laughs> hey, Finny, how's it going? Hi. 
Um, now, Finn, I'm going to ask you something. And it's serious. You have to tell me the truth. If you tell me a lie, if you don't tell me the truth, I'm going to be way more pissed at you than, than if you tell me what, I, what you think I want to hear. And so I really tried to spell it out. And I didn't bring up the, that I knew anything about marbles. But I was like, Ben, have you stolen anything? And he goes, Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, buddy. Where'd you steal? Like, I stole the marbles. Where'd you steal them from? It's gone. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I didn't flip out. And I was like, that's not cool, man. I think you know it's not cool. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so we took the marbles back. And I think, I don't know if they're all there. There's probably still some of them in our ventilation system. <clears throat> but I set the kid up for success. I set, the, I set him up so he would win at the quote-unquote repentance game, at the quote-unquote confession game. And Eli is doing this here for Sam. It's like, okay, Sam, this is big deal. It's serious. And I'm going to illustrate the seriousness. I'd, this judgment is a big deal. You've got to tell me. Eli sets him up well, and Sam follows through well. It's a good situation. It is a good story. <clears throat> now, now, what Eli says next is also pretty interesting. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. This is after Sam tells him that it's like, oh, the judgment's about you. Again, you've heard this before, but I think. But, yeah, God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And Eli says, it's the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Now, there's two kind of ways that people look at this. It's like, oh, it's just, just apathy. Like, Eli's just throwing his hands up. Ah, fine, I'm screwed. Just kind of resignation. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, you can hear that. It's like, ah, it's the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Yeah, you can hear that. I mean, if I say it like that, especially. But some people think, I mean... He was actually just humbly accepting God's sovereignty. He's like, yeah, God can do what God wants to do, and I deserve that. Like I said, this is an interesting conversation, and uh, we're not going to, I can't just go into it all tonight. If you're a lady, go to Amy's small group on Saturday, talk about it. And if you're a guy, well, you, you can't do that. Um, I don't know. Buy donuts. And invite guys over to your house to talk about it. I don't know. <clears throat> There's sweet things. There's a lot of stuff in this chapter that is fun to talk about, but we just don't have time. Um, but, yeah, on to what I really want to talk about. Like, when we, at the staff meeting, we were all talking about Eli, and we were like, Eli, what's Eli? Poor Eli. And, oh, that was stupid, Eli. Or, oh, no, man, that was awesome, Eli. But that's not what this passage is about. It's about God talking to Sam. God talked to Samuel, and that's quite a thing. I mean, all of us, most of us, 
talk to God semi-often, right? Praying. You might have heard of it. Talking to God. But how often does he talk back? With his mouth, with words. I mean, does God talk to everybody? Well, maybe he just talks to Christians? Well, does he talk to all Christians? I mean, God talked to Samuel in the Bible. So he'll talk to everyone, right? Well, no. And yes, but no. Um, We are studying 1 Samuel, and this book is a historical account. It's a narrative. Uh, You don't automatically get doctrine or dogma or, like, hard and fast rules from narratives. From time to time, you can, uh, but only when it's pretty explicit. Like, God is quoted as saying, given the choice between a black sweatshirt and a red sweatshirt, I will always pick the black sweatshirt. That is, you could get the dogmatic statement, God chooses black sweatshirts. That's not in the Bible, by the way. That sort of thing actually happens quite a bit in Job. God says stuff, and it's like, oh, I do things this way. And you're like, oh, okay, well, he does things that way. But this isn't, I mean, that doesn't mean everything works that way. Um, Just because it happens to David doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. And what David does is not exactly what you should do. Seriously. Whoa. (laughs) But, you remember my points from earlier? God does everything and he does everything on purpose? This goes hand in hand here. God does everything and does everything on purpose. And God does certain things to certain people. This is huge. God does certain things to certain people. And this is bigger than the Bible. Bigger in that you and I are not explicitly in the Bible. He does certain things to me. And he does certain things to you and everybody else. Certain things. Specific things. That means what he's done with you in your life is not the same as what he's done in mine or anybody else's. And that's so crazy and that is so sweet so great he does employ some some kind of far reaching precepts in across the board sort of ways like like he he out of everybody he wants holiness and he wants obedience from everybody but knowing that god interacts with you guys with each one of you so specifically That has huge implications. I mean, I can't even get to them all tonight, but here's here's the first one. The first one's actually a warning. Don't let somebody say that their life is the way your life should look. Well, I stopped listening to secular music, and the next week I got a boyfriend. So, just throw away those CDs... And you'll get a man. No. 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 <laughs> okay. No. 
It doesn't work that way. People, and I hear people do it all the time. And, it, and it's, honestly, I hear it quite a bit about boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, I did this and I got a boyfriend. Just do that. No. It doesn't work like that. God works much more creatively. And, but I am also not saying that you shouldn't listen to anybody ever. Uh, I'm obviously not saying pay no attention to anybody else's lives. If somebody else has got something together that you're trying to figure out, yeah, pay attention. Like, oh, they do this and that happens. I'm going to try that. The, the next implication of God doing specific things to each one of you is the biggest. God is communicating with you. Yes. God does say audible, verbal things to people sometimes. Not everybody. And some people a whole lot more often than other people. That's what, that's what he wants to do with that specific person. Maybe not you. Maybe you. God is communicating with you, with the ways that he loves you. Might not be audible, probably not audible, or verbal. But he's saying something to you by means of what he's blessing you with and what he's not blessing you with. The doors that he is closing in your life and the ones that he is opening. How he's using you and how he's not using you. This isn't a complete list, of course, but these are the sort of things that you should step back and try to notice and see the specific things God is doing in your life. He's saying something with that. And yeah, I mean, it can be weird. It can be hard. The first person's perspective is pretty zoomed in looking at your life. It definitely helps to get some third-person perspective. Talk to your friends. Talk to your brothers and sisters and say, hey, I don't get it. What's going on? Like, what are you seeing in my life? Third person almost always adds more, better view, a zoomed out. Oh, well, you saw that this happened, right? Like, oh, no. I mean, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could read your biography? Not your autobiography, your, bi- your biography, somebody else watching your life. I mean... I mean, if I could do that, I'd do the word search for, quote, what Jesse didn't realize was, unquote. (laughs) There was a huge black thing in his teeth. (laughs) Or that he didn't even need to be there. Or what Jesse didn't realize was a cop was watching. Anyways, if you're... If you're ever frustrated or reeling or wondering what the crap God is doing, talk to some friends. Get some perspective. Because God is trying to say something. He is loving you in such a specific way. What changed in Eli's circumstances? Well, God started talking to Eli's pupil, Samuel. There's a lot of implication to Eli. In that circumstance. Now, another way that God is talking always to you is, is with this, this thing. 
This is the Bible. This is actually very verbal. <laughs> these are words. And these are a ton of words. I hear so many people say, like, well, God hasn't told me anything. And so I'm, I'm not going to do anything until he tells me what to do. Have you done all this? <laughs> There's a lot of words in here. Did you do all those yet? Did you, did you try all of those? <laughs> Read the Bible. God has said tons. This is not a paperweight. This is not a inanimate object. This is a living thing. He's, this is the word of God, and the word of God doesn't fall flat. You can read, I've read the, the same passage several times, and it, it's a different punch in the face every time. Oh, that one was a haymaker. That was an uppercut this time. I lost different teeth when I, when I read it this time. It's a thing. God speaks to us in his word. So, yeah, back to my story. Like, well, God, stop talking. I'm not going to do anything. Like, okay, well, all right. He's saying some stuff. God God never stopped communicating to me. Yes. I'll stick with the original story that, yes, he stopped talking to me. But I got to know... I now know God in a much more brilliant way, looking for him in my life. I'm like, well, I'll keep talking to him, and I'll keep listening to his word. I'll keep doing stuff, trying things. And God has communicated. He never stopped. He has come back into my life in 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 a more you know, metaphysical way in the last couple of years. And it's been great. Thank you, Jesus. I really do appreciate it. But Jesus, I also apologize. You were saying stuff. And friends, my brothers, sisters, God never stops. He's always saying stuff. It's not always clear, but that's what makes it more fun. That's what makes it cooler, is when it's not just spelled out. You're not dumb. You are smart, brothers and sisters. Look at your lives. Read this book. Talk to your friends. God's talking to you. There's actually one more verse that was, that was assigned to my sermon. Um, uh, it's actually just the half of the the first half of the, the first verse of the next chapter. Um, and it goes like this. Thus, the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Um, Samuel's pretty awesome. <laughs> he is a, he, he's a cool cucumber. Pretty cool 12-year-old. And he, and he gets more interesting. I mean, I'm jealous of Fran next week. Her passage is hilarious. Um, yeah, you, you want to, yeah, you want to read ahead maybe. <laughs> it's like, what the, seriously? <laughs> it's so funny. Um, in a gnarly, not funny way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is to say, stay tuned. Um, this is, this is a good ride. So yeah, stick with us brothers and sisters. Uh, love you guys. Thanks.